what I ask myself always is, if I'm not around, am I able to point them into that one resource? Are they going to be in a position to say, you know what? I get it. Welcome to the State of Sales Enablement Podcast with your host, Felix Kruger. Insights and actionable advice from B2B marketing and sales experts that share what it takes to achieve sales enablement excellence. On paper, the concept of a sales playbook sounds amazing. You capture all the information sellers could possibly need to sell effectively in one place, hand the document over to the sales team, and start printing money. So why doesn't every sales organization create a playbook that delivers results? Our guest in this week's episode will share her experience in developing high-impact sales playbooks, how to ensure adoption, and continuous improvement. Please welcome the host of the Stay Human podcast and Sales Enablement Director at ReachDesk, Malvina El Sayer. Malvina, welcome to the State of Sales Enablement. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Where are you dialing in from today? I am in London. So yeah, London. It's actually a decent day outside. Spring is coming. Flowers are blooming. The trees are turning green. So it's good. It gives me that sense of new beginning, right? I love spring. But yeah, London. That's where I'm at. Lovely, lovely. And you're quite well known in the sales enablement space, not only because of your podcast, but also just generally because of your social media presence. But the few people that haven't come across your name yet, what is your background and what do you do now? Ah, that's a loaded question. All right. So I'm obviously in sales enablement. Sales enablement is kind of where I found my passion and my calling. I'm currently at a high growth scale up called ReachDesk. It's a gifting direct mail platform. And basically it helps everyone stand out, right? Like social media, all these different channels that we're communicating, email, phone, they're all so crowded. So ultimately what we're bringing is how do you stand out from the crowd, make that connection, create those memorable moments with prospects and customers. So on my day-to-day, -day, I'm basically working with our sales team, with our BDR team, with our commercial team, so that they can be absolute rock stars in what they do. But my story in enablement really started back in the corporate world. And that's where I was first introduced to sales enablement. And that's where I found my passion and really realized that this is the route that I want to go down. I think many enablement leaders will say that enablement has always found them. It's not something that maybe they, they went actively looking for. Because let's face it, it is a relatively new term in the industry. I think, you know, in the past it was known as something else. But I think enablement has found me and I'm so glad that it did because I absolutely love it. Awesome. For those listeners who are keen to hear more about the kind of work that you do, what's the name of your podcast? I have two podcasts running now. The first one is called Stay Human, and that's a podcast that I started two and a half years ago, actually, right before COVID broke out in January. I recorded my first episode. I remember very vividly, I was on my maternity leave and I said, I want to do something still in the sales space so that when I do come back to work, after being away for such a long period of time, I'm able to pick up conversations very quickly. Maternity and baby brain when you're away from the working environment for such a long time is a real thing. So that's how I started the State Human Podcast. And recently, maybe half a year ago, 
I started another podcast with my co-host Carly Lehner, who's also an enablement RevOps leader in a company called Indela, and we started the Enablement Brew. So we talk all things enablement, what it is, what it isn't, the day-to-day of an enablement practitioner. And recently we did a little spin-off called Pitch Please, where we invite all different AEs from the SaaS space to come on, pitch their product, and we have a discussion. You know, should you involve enablement in the sales process? How do you typically approach enablement? Why should enablement care? I think we all realize that there's so many products and services out there and no decision nowadays is made by one individual person or two people. It's usually a cohort of people. I think if you look at the average sales cycle, it's, you know, six to seven different stakeholders involved. And enablement does play a role somewhere in there. So what we're trying to get down to is, why do you need enablement on your side? How do you pique the entrance of enablement? And what does enablement really care about? So we started that spinoff and it's great. So yeah, those are the two podcasts that I have going. All right. All right. Keeping busy by the sounds of it. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So the topic I want to quiz you on today is sales playbooks, because it's a topic that is always top of mind. People have different attitudes towards sales playbooks. You know, some people think it's the key to scaling sales excellence across the organization, and some people think it's a bit of bureaucracy being introduced. So for those listeners that aren't familiar with sales books in all detail, what exactly is a sales playbook and why do organizations care about developing one? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think we have to maybe take it a step back. I think what we have to realize is that any revenue leader who's bringing on new people into the sales team or bringing on board new SDRs, the main thing that we care about is setting people up for success. And one of the things that we hear a lot in interview processes, you know, we're very passionate about training. We're very passionate about coaching. We're going to help you reach those goals, make sure you're super successful. But how do we do that in practice? I think sales playbooks allow for the entire sales process, the entire methodology, the entire personas, what are pitches, right? What are the different components of the product that maybe we're going to, going to be showing to different personas? really to be documented. And I think if you want to set people up for success, having that sales playbook is key. It's almost that map, right? When we join a new organization or we're part of an organization, we need a map. How do we get around, right? What are the things that we need to do? What are the things that we need to be saying? What are the things that we need to be thinking about? And ultimately, if you don't have that documented in one singular place, It can become very difficult to get to that end goal. You're piecing things as you're going along. Maybe you're asking your colleagues, you're slacking someone directly for a piece of information. And I think for me, sales playbooks all boil down to this idea that we want to set people up for success. We want to be able to document what works and what we have proven to be successful in our organization. And we need to have it written down somewhere. I think it's as simple as that. It's very easy to overcomplicate the process of a sales playbook. People will think, oh, sales playbook, we have to write it. It's going to be super complicated. Where on earth do we even begin? But it can be simple. It can be really simple. You know, it boils down to the product. It boils down to understanding the industry. It boils down to understanding those key personas that we're selling into. And then it boils down to a lot of the internal processes that we have. 
when people don't follow process or they do something rogue, it can be frustrating. Things don't appear properly. We're not able to see what has happened in that particular account. So the way that I look at it is really creating that map, that journey that's going to help everyone get to that end goal. Yeah, awesome. In terms of the way a sales playbook would be developed, can you recommend a way that sales and sales enablement leaders can go about developing a, a sales playbook? Yeah, absolutely. So I think when you're building out a sales playbook, it's not just the role of the responsibility of one individual person. I really do believe strongly that it does have to be a collaboration effort across the entire organization, because let's face it, you might not have all the answers. And there's probably a subject matter expert within the organization that can chime in, that can add that value in those specific pieces. So I think if you're thinking of building one out, definitely have that one person that's going to drive it forward. Because if you don't have that one person from the beginning, the idea can be very great, but the execution of it, well, it can never happen or it's going to take ages to happen. I think just mapping out the structure is the first step. So product, personas, sales place, methodology, what our sales process looks like, what the handover process looks like. And obviously, we can also begin with the basics around the company as well. I think that also plays a big part in the sales playbook. So getting that structure down is the first step. And then you need to ask yourself the question of who's going to be the best person. Potentially, it's going to be marketing, right? But if we look at the sales process and the methodology, maybe it's going to be those heads of revenue, heads of sales, those VPs of sales that are going to be working with you to put things together. Ultimately, it's really about getting those ideas and concepts that we talk about down on paper. Having that structure initially is key. And then you decide. You decide who's going to be the right person to help you build out that content. But there has to be that one person who's going to be driving the initiative. Otherwise, it's just a great idea that never materializes. Yeah, I can imagine, and I've come across it in the past as well, that considering the amount of information that you can really capture in a sales playbook and the amount of stakeholders that are being involved, it is very easy to fall into the analysis paralysis trap and really extend the timeline beyond what's practical. So I think from my experience, being pragmatic with the process and not necessarily aiming for perfection with the first release of the playbook is really crucial on making it work. Yeah. And I think that's also another key, what you mentioned is that the playbook is not something that you write once and it's set in stone. It's something that's going to continue evolving over time as the product continues to evolve, as the organization continues to evolve, as the complexity grows, you're constantly going to be updating it and making improvements. But what I ask myself always is, if I'm not around or someone else is not around and we have someone who joined, am I able to point them into that one resource that if they grab a coffee, a tea, they sit down, they read through it, maybe they watch a few videos, are they going to be in a position to say, you know what, I get it. I get what we do. I get who we sell to. I get what the personas are. I get what our sales process is. And I think that's what makes that great playbook as well. If you have that knowledge that you're able to step away, give someone the resource. And yes, of course, you want to check in with them. You want to have those sessions afterwards, but that you're giving them that to set them up for success. I think that's what makes a great playbook. And in terms of actually identifying where improvements are possible, 
Do you have a certain way you would go about that? Is it just a question of going through the same process that you've done initially over again? Or is there a certain way you can capture innovation in the sales process? Mm, that's a great question. I think a lot of elements and key components in a sales playbook and those elements that you know you have to improve on almost come out in practice. It's very easy to build out something theoretically, and in theory, it works beautifully. That's how we want things to happen. Those are the questions we want you to ask. And then you realize that actually that's not happening. That's not happening on the conversations that we're having with the customers. It's not happening internally. Things are being missed. And then I think it is the responsibility of enablement or revenue leaders or together to sit down and say, well, why is that happening? It works great on paper, but it's not materializing in real life. It requires a little bit of digging. It requires being close to your sales team as well, because it might sound great, but they can say, well, look, it's just not practical, right? We don't have enough time or we're not able to ask those questions. Or actually, when we close out the deal, there's still so many things missing. And it's actually not what it says in the playbook. It's a little bit different. I think you have to be very close to the business constantly see and look at what's happening to be able to make those improvements. And the key is really documenting it somewhere. And I think that goes back to that point. It's never set in stone. It's always going to continue changing, but you're only going to know what has to be changed when you're actually close and you're watching carefully what's happening. How are people executing on these things? Are we bringing in the results? Are we pitching the right areas of the product? And you mentioned the documentation, obviously. I guess the worst case scenario is just that you create this ginormous document and it's just a PDF that gathers dust somewhere on a shared drive. You don't know if people use it, people don't know how to find it and so on. From your point of view, what is really best practice in the way that sales playbook content is delivered and have you come across any innovation in that space? That's a great question. I think it boils down to us as human beings, I think our attention span is now shorter than that of a goldfish. I think it's around eight seconds, if not less. I think if you give someone a ginormous document that you ask them to consume and read through, well, they might read it once. But the question that you have to ask yourself is, does it stick? I'm a firm believer, and I don't think there is a perfect solution out there today for it, but there are solutions that you can utilize is you want to always be able to meet your sales team, to meet the team exactly where they are working. If you're asking someone to step out from their core system and go somewhere else to read a document, chances of that sticking are very small. There are companies out there that plug into your CRM, for example, or plug into your outreach tool that maybe your BDR team or SDR team is using. And it gives you the ability to plug in that information in small bite-sized pieces as they're working. So maybe they're closing a deal and they're like, what do I do? What does the business care about? What fields should I be filling out? What does that process look like when I hand over to our customer success team? You can plug in those small bite-sized nuggets of information directly in the system where they're working day to day. That's the dream. Today, if we look at how we search for information, you'll go on Google, you'll type it in very quickly, you'll find the article or you'll go on YouTube and you'll watch a short video and you're good. You almost want to replicate a little bit of how our habits are on a day-to-day -day basis in the workspace. And 
obviously we all use G Drive. G Drive is great, but it can also become very chaotic. You only know what's there if someone has shared it with you or told you it exists. Otherwise, you're digging in a goldmine trying to find that one document. I think there are great content management solutions and learning platforms out there that you can utilize as well, where potentially you're putting in the the information, but then you're asking the seller maybe to record a quick pitch or you're asking the seller, well, based on everything that you've learned, record a short demo. Someone will review it, obviously will provide you feedback. And it's almost that ongoing learning experience. So I think you can utilize content management platforms for that to create those small nuggets of information. You can utilize those learning platforms where you really make it interactive. So it's not just you reading that entire doc. And then, of course, you can leverage platforms out there that plug in directly into whatever system it is that you're using and almost giving you that on-demand learning. Got it. Got it. And with those platforms plugging into whatever system you're using, does it look like a content recommendation engine or is it a search engine? Like, what does that integration look like? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. So you can definitely search for content, but depending on where you are in your workflow, You can open a specific area, which will tell you, look, this is exactly what you need to do. Here's maybe an article you want to check out if you're unsure about step one, two, or three. And this is what the process looks like afterwards, right? So it's almost having that assistant with you the whole time as you're working. And I think that's the challenge for many new sellers who are joining companies. It's, okay, great. What do I do next, right? Like, where do I click? Why am I doing it this way? And yes, they can refer to that doc that you created, but if you can surface that information to them where they are, I think that also makes for a more powerful learning experience. So if I put myself in the shoes of a sales enablement leader, so you've gone through the whole exercise of getting everybody on board in the organization that is crucial to the development of the sales playbook, you've captured all the information, you've rolled it out, salespeople start using it. How do you actually measure the success and What are the sort of metrics you will be looking for in order to fine tune different parts of the sales playbook? So I think if we look at the sales process, there's always different stages, right? You might have that initial stage of discovery. Maybe you then have a demo stage. Maybe you then have scoping where you're meeting with other stakeholders. You're going a little bit more in depth and then the sales process continues. So depending on how you have your sales process mapped out, I think this is key for revenue leaders as well as enablement, is looking at what's happening at every single stage. Are we progressing out of discovery quite quickly? Are we progressing out of demo quite quickly? What's the holdup? If all of our deals get stuck in discovery, then the question that I want to ask, well, why is that? Is it because we're not asking the right questions? Is it because we're not building out the need? Is it because we're not quite sure how to position the product in relation to the problems and challenges that the prospect has? And if that's the case, and I see that I have loads of deals being stuck in discovery, right? I can look at data. I can obviously speak to the sellers. But once we understand what's happening, then I know, okay, why are deals stuck in discovery? Because we're asking very basic questions. We're not building the need. We're not building that sense of urgency for the prospect to actually say, you know what? I want to see the demo of the product. Because I think that's what great discovery does. You're building that almost desire to see that next step. Now I'm very much like this. If I'm interested in something, you've piqued my interest. I'm like, okay, just show it to me. Show me the product. So I think it's really analyzing that entire sales process. You know, you can look at conversion rates. You can look at your metrics. Obviously, it all boils down to revenue figures. But I think you have to be a little bit more granular 
within the sales process to understand what's happening. Got it. Got it. So from your point of view, the actual output of all of your sales enablement efforts and the sales playbook being part of that is really the proof whether it's being adopted and whether it's working or not. Yeah, absolutely. And look, with all of these content management solutions, if you're using something along those lines, you can always also see when have people last accessed it? How frequently is it being opened? Has someone even looked at that? That's my first kind of sign. Like, we've built out this great thing. No one has looked at it. Well, why? Is it because they're not aware of where it is? Is it because they don't have the time? But I think it's combining those metrics. It's combining who's looking at it. You can obviously embed quizzes. You can embed interactive elements in there as well to get the engagement from their side as well. And then you're marrying up with the results that you're seeing. Got it. Got it. Malvina, thank you so much for joining the show today. I've learned a lot like every single time I speak to you. And thank you so much for being so generous with your knowledge around sales playbooks. Do you have any resources you can share if people are interested in learning more about sales playbooks? Yes, I do. I think there's lots of great enablement communities out there. I'm sure you're part of some of these. I would say, number one, look at all the sales enablement communities that are there. Lots of people end up dropping resources in there that you can also look as a reference. I'm not saying it's a someone has shared what their playbook looks like, and I'm going to make it look exactly the same. I don't think it's always like this, but you can always go for inspiration and see what others are doing as well. I am also part of Pavilion, which was known as Revenue Collective before. They use a content depository called Guru. And if I come across, I don't know, building out a sales playbooks, looking at what comp plans look like, I will go in there, search for inspiration, see what others are doing, and also on the back of that base, what I'm doing. Excellent. And if people want to connect with you online and also listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So the Stay Human podcast is available on all different browsers. You can access it on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it is that you're listening to your podcasts. The Enablement Brew is available on LinkedIn and all of our videos are on YouTube under the Enablement Brew. And if you'd like to connect with me, I'm available on LinkedIn. That is the main social media platform that I use. And you can find me just by searching Melvina Osai. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melvina. Thank you so much for having me. Next time on The State of Sales Enablement. Hi, this is Felix Kruger. And Devin McDermott. Sales enablement is one of the fastest growing business trends globally, and it's hard to keep up with all the information that's out there. That's why Felix and I have teamed up to curate the latest industry news, expert insights, research reports, and social media buzz for you. If you want to be in the know and operate on the cutting edge of sales enablement, this month in sales enablement has you covered. Visit thestateofsalesenablement.com to register for the live stream or subscribe to the State of Sales Enablement on all major podcast platforms.